getting to know Jesus through one another. You're listening to Meet Fern Creek, brought to you by Fern Creek Christian Church. Well, welcome into another episode of Meet Fern Creek. I'm here with uh, the one and only Joseph Bond, uh, plays electric guitar on stage and just does an amazing job, and he's been such a good addition to our team. Everybody loves him, and uh, his wife, Molly, told her story at Dirty Laundry, so right. you, you guys have quickly become just beloved members of our church, and so glad glad you're here. And, Thank you. Uh, you know, we had lunch not too long ago, and you were telling me all these stories about uh, what church means to you and your past mm-hmm. experiences with church. But let's just start with what brought you to Fern Creek, and tell us about your experience so far. Well, uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> uh, our experience uh, that brought us here was actually COVID. Um, I don't like to invoke that word so much, but it is what brought us here. Uh, our church was one of the first, the, the church we were going to was one of the first churches that shut down. I mean, they shut down even before it was mandated for everybody to shut down. Um, and I was a, a deacon there, and I, I kind of spoke out and said, I don't think it's a good idea for the church to, to close. I think that this is a time for our churches to stay open and allow people a place to come together and and to walk through this process of all the what i believed was sort of an overreaction and fear-mongering that's kind of how i felt about it our church remained closed and we even remained closed even after the period of time where they said you could start opening back up and we eventually started opening back up and we started going back to the church and it just didn't feel the same it just wasn't the same fellowship, and a lot of people didn't come back. A lot of people were afraid to come back. Our uh, pastor there had some struggles. He had some personal um, things that happened to him through COVID, so it caused him some fear. So it just wasn't the same fellowship. And mm-hmm. then when kind of the second wave of COVID was hitting there at the end of 2020, he shut down again. And this was after he lost a family member. And I understand and didn't want to be uh, unsympathetic uh, or without compassion for what his family was going through. But I still had that same feeling, we need to remain open and at least offer that opportunity for the doors to remain open and have an online service also. And that didn't happen. And so we were looking for a place to fellowship. And uh, Tom and Andrea Walker, who you just did one of these podcasts with recently, they live across the street from here. And they were also looking for a new fellowship. And they had came in here a week or two before we did. And they invited us to say, hey, we found this really nice family-feeling church that just is very welcoming. And, and we're, we're going to go back. And would you like to go with us? So we walked in a couple of weeks before Christmas uh, at the end of 2020. And immediately walking in the door, um, I, I turned to my wife and I didn't know I was going to get emotional. <laughs> hey, you're all good, man. But, uh, but I just turned to her and I said, I feel like we just came home. Hmm. You know, and we just immediately felt at home. And, and I don't remember if it was in that message or if it was right after that, that we heard someone say, I don't know if it was Craig said it or who said it, was that 
that uh, Fern Creek had made the decision that they weren't going to close the doors unless somebody come put chains on the doors. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, that's what I needed to hear. You know, um, I believe that church doors should be open and they should be open as often and as frequently as possible. And that's what brought us to Fern Creek. That's what's kept us here. That's an amazing story. Yeah, yeah. And then, little did you know, when you pulled me aside in the lobby and said, I'd like to play electric guitar, <laughs> that you'd be on like three weeks later. <laughs> I said, okay, cool, great, you're on. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> thing. And, and my wife said, you just did what? And I, uh, I played for a long time and had given up playing uh, about six years ago and actually sold most of my equipment and my wife was for christmas 2020 bought me a new amplifier because i didn't own one i had electric guitar but no amplifier and and wasn't playing and she bought me that amplifier and she actually bought me 10 lessons at guitar center and she's and i'm like you think i need lessons and she said i just think you need to start playing again right and so i i, I took the lessons and, and hooked up with this guy who i'm still taking lessons from he's he's just an amazing guitar player he's, um he's he's um berkeley school of music trained and just a phenomenal guitar player and, and uh he just inspired me to start playing again and and i've been impressed with 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 you and and with the with the music ministry here the worship ministry and I just out of, I don't know what made me do it, but I walked up to you that day just to tell you, you know, and thank you for your, for your uh, leadership and, and how inspiring your worship services are. And, and then I just said, you know, if you ever need a guitar player to fill in, I, you know, and you, you play guitar? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, okay, man, what's your email address? Send it to me. <laughs> and, and the next thing I know, I'm on the list. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, man, I've been part of churches where that process takes so long Mm -hmm. and it's like, what, what, as worship leaders, what are we looking for? Yeah. Like, are we looking for Bruno Mars and Bon Jovi or are we just looking for good people to be a part of our team? Well, it's like, and I've struggled in that realm. Uh, I've played. I led a worship ministry myself for children or kids. It was teenage ministry back at a church in Greenwood, Indiana, for five years, and and I know how frustrating it can be to lead that type of a, a ministry, especially when you're working with all volunteers. Um, but I also met many uh, musicians, some very very talented, some not so talented. I always felt like I was on that bottom of that scale of not being so talented and and always being the lesser musician in the room and and there are people that want to um i don't know it it almost became like a competition Mm. you know uh for a while you know and, and and you had to be at a certain level to participate at certain levels and and that was always frustrating for me and and i haven't felt that here you know you guys were very welcoming and that first that first week, first couple of times I played, I just felt like, gosh, why is he continuing to let me play? You know, because <laughs> I was like, I'm, I was struggling with the ear monitors, and I was struggling with because I, I didn't have ear monitors when I quit playing years ago. We were still stage monitors, mm-hmm. so it's 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 been a interesting adventure, and you you have made it just 
a pleasure to play. Well, thanks. So, tell us about that night. Uh, I haven't heard a lot about it, but you went over to, I guess you went over to Doug Kaiser's house. So Doug mm-hmm. Kaiser also plays like electric guitar here, yeah. and um, and invited you over, I guess. And tell mm-hmm. us about that night. Well, I kind of invited myself, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, sometimes. Yeah. Well, works. I, well, I, I approached him, and I'm like, you know, Doug is is a very talented player, and. And, Unbelievable. and I just was impressed with the fact that, you know, not only does he play guitar, but he plays bass. And, and um, we had a couple of conversations and we exchanged <clears throat> numbers. And then I said, hey, I'd love to get together with you sometime and maybe just walk through some of these songs. Because the worship music that we're playing today is so much different than what I was doing back in the early 2000s. You know, I, I was leading that children's... Or, need to say teen ministry right uh back in it was 2004 through 2009 and the music was really very different then it was more guitar driven it was uh more kind of rockish you know mm-hmm. you had bands like third day and mercy me and casting crowns and reliant k and all that stuff was kind of very like rock and roll style playing which is my background and this music we do today is is a lot different you know and and um so doug was seemed very polished so i said hey you know let's get together and maybe walk through some of this stuff so uh he invited me over one evening and well i went over to his house and he's got a nice setup and, and we just <laughs> sat and we just talked and jammed and and uh he showed me you know some things and talked me into getting one of those pod goes that he has so that's how come i i'm now a little mini doug you know i got yeah pod go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. it's that, fun night that's one of the coolest things for me to hear mm-hmm. because i guess when when you have a team or you're you're the leader of a ministry and maybe i'm trying to find ways for for people to relate to to what this may feel like maybe we as, as like a parent uh, with multiple kids, you know, you want everybody on your team to get along. Mm-hmm. And you don't want the pressure of, like, of everybody getting along to be solely on you. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes, in my head, is the case. I feel that mm-hmm. pressure. I'm like, oh, man, I really hope uh, this person can connect with this person. And that, you know, they have a great conversation. And maybe they'll be friends. And sometimes it feels like the pressure is is all on the leader but it it is i love that story i guess because it you two connected right away mm-hmm. and, be, and became friends and that yeah. i had nothing to do with that it was just you saying let's get together and i mm-hmm. feel like that's one of the best things someone can do around church is just say to somebody mm-hmm. maybe you don't know very well let's get together right well it's always a little uncomfortable also to do something like that but yeah uh, you know, I, me and Doug have a commonality in the fact that we both love music and we mm-hmm. both obviously love guitar. Uh, he really loves guitar and has a, quite a collection. And, and uh, so we connected on that level. Um, and I, I found everyone in the music ministry so far to be uh, very open. And um, I, I don't want to use the word transparent at this point, but accommodating mm-hmm. and, and um, me and uh, 
Doug, the drummer, have, have Edwards, connected, yeah. you know, and, and kind of connecting with Bobby, the drummer. And, yeah. And it's, they're just a different kind of group than what I've been used to in the past. Um, I've, I've been, like I said, I've, I've played a lot of worship music in the past and have met a, a very eclectic group of people, some that are uh, very open and, and friendly and, and accommodating and others that are really not what you would expect, <laughs> you know, what you, what you thought it would be like. I, I played with an orchestra for several years at the same church that I was leading the team ministry with, and, and it, it wasn't always so open and accommodating and, and friendly, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of egos. Mm. And uh, which, you know, that's that's the other side of the story. <laughs> right. Oh man, you, you, mm. the worship world. Yeah, people. Some people have no idea what mm. personalities mm-hmm. are are popular. And you know, with social media these days, it's it's starting to come to light. Mm. And some of these big time worship leaders. I'm talking mm. like you know Grammy award winning artists. You know, you you look at who they are outside of their songs, it, it doesn't match and it doesn't fit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we as the listeners have, have to figure that out. Right. You know? Well, and I'd say that in the early days, it was very disappointing for me. Um, and this is part of my church story, I think, where, yeah, tell us. Uh, where I was looking, you know, for perfection. And I, in my own personal struggles in life with, with my addiction background was it was a constant struggle for me to feel worthy enough to be in the presence of God. And when I had a few years clean and, and, I, and I started playing music again back in the 90s, um, I wanted to play for God. And I didn't want to play for my own personal gain. I had this vision when I was younger that I was going to be this rock star. You know, and I, at any cost, and I lived a lifestyle of a rock star, but I didn't have the talent of a rock star by any means. And and at at some point I didn't even own any equipment, you know, I didn't even have a guitar, but I knew I was going to be a rock star. And, and the, the people that I hung out with were pretty, um, you know, there was no Christian ideas or values involved, uh, it got pretty weird, and, and I gave up music altogether when I came into church. And um, through a series of events, I started playing again, and I, I decided I wanted to play for God. And when that first opportunity came about, I was at a very large church there in Greenwood, Indiana. And mm-hmm. They had a wonderful music ministry. Um, they had a huge choir, and they used to do a lot of Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle yeah, music, wow. you know. And very orchestrated, and so we put an orchestra together to play that music live. So we weren't doing; they were when I first started there. They were using CD backup, you know, track backing tracks, and the choir would sing to those. Well, they wanted a, a, an orchestra to play it, so I got involved with that, and I actually played acoustic guitar in that orchestra, which was very humbling. Because when you're playing acoustic guitar with horns blasting in your ears and drums and uh, a percussion section and, and a string section, it's, um, it's very humbling because you're not going to hear your acoustic guitar. And, and so I had to learn to be humble in that position. But that's where I started seeing egos in, at play. And, and I started realizing that 
it was a televised church. They they had their own television program, and was realizing that they were um, structuring things. Who looked best on TV? Who sounded best on radio? Who sounded, you know? And it was all in egos at play, and it, it was really deflating to be because I was looking at these people before I got involved. Is these people were just like the epitome of perfection mm. and I was placing on them expectations that were unrealistic I was forgetting the fact that they were just people and and just like me who I was hurting inside these people had their own issues mm. but I didn't want to look at that I wanted to look at the fact that these people should be perfect because they're in worship mm. and I wasn't giving them the grace of allowing them to be broken hurt people and and that's what we all are even today i see that i see that better now you know i I mean i look at you matthew you're up there and you're 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 so uh, uh i mean full of energy and full of life and but i know that somewhere in there there's there's hurt you know because we all have them and uh and you've been so graceful and and uh or gracious rather and accepting of people who aren't perfect perfect at what they do and somehow or another because of that I think we wind up with a really beautiful piece of music does that make sense you're exactly right you know a lot of people don't know my story but it's a it's a story you know and you know I share it with people I trust, but, you know, there, there's absolutely hurt and there's mm-hmm. absolutely pain and brokenness in my life. And, and as you look at church staff, you, there's, there's always hurt and brokenness mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I, I think you're, you're exactly right. But tell us about uh, your, your church past. So you've told us a little bit about it and, you know, how you would advise somebody, because I think it's such a common story where people come to church and they, at some point in their life, they've been hurt by somebody who's a Christian. Right. You know, how would, how would you help them, advise them? Well, as in my own personal story, I, and as I kind of alluded to a second ago, I was looking at the people in church. And I was looking for perfection. And I was also looking for that burning bush experience I was over that lightning bolt or the fire from heaven you know if, if Elijah can call fire down from heaven why can't I right <laughs> and so I was always looking at them and when I would find the chinks in their armor it would it would cause me to feel like well maybe this Christian thing isn't working or or, or maybe they're not Christian and then and then I had people that that would not be transparent and, and would put up these facades that would say, you're not Christian enough, you can't be here, mm. and actually asked to leave a fellowship over that issue. And, and so I was always focused on what others were doing or not doing and not focused on what God was trying to teach me and to show me mm. as far as our personal relationship. So I wasn't looking for a personal relationship with God. I was looking for a personal relationships with people who were close to God. Mm. And I learned several years ago that I needed to stop. It was 2010 when my life kind of came to a crashing halt. Um, I hit a brick wall and, and went through a, a, a painful divorce and a lot of uh, 
the loss of my, my, my mother and um, just a lot of pain and, and lost my fellowship with my church at that time. And it was all again because I was looking for personal relationships to get me closer to God. And it was at that point, 2010, where God is like, when I was empty, I was broken, I was at my bottom, that it, I realized that God was telling me at that point, now we can start having our relationship. Because everything else was gone. Mm. And the only thing I had left was that relationship with Him. Mm. And, it, and then when I started focusing on that and putting the emphasis on, you know, what Jesus really wanted from me was my heart. He just wanted my heart. Uh, he didn't. He didn't want anything else. He doesn't care if I play music or not. He doesn't. He doesn't care if I, if I'm uh, a ditch digger or or a doctor. You know, those things don't matter in my opinion to God. Um, he just wants my heart. He just wants me to pursue and seek Him. And when I started doing that, I stopped noticing all the chinks in the people in church's armor. You know, and I started realizing that again, like I said, they're broken people and mm-hmm. um, it kind of brought me back my band that I had for a while um, kind of alluded to that and it was called broken pieces and that's that. that's what we are we're all broken pieces and even though I realized that and knew that before I still had that focus on what my pew neighbor was doing or not doing mm. And, and realizing, and then I started seeing people that wanted to bring to me these facades. And I'm like, I don't care about your facade. I just want to know you as a person. And if you're not willing to be w- real with me, that's okay. Because it's really about me being real with God. You know, and you need to find your own path. And, and the last church I was at, there was a lot of... I had an opportunity to spend time with some people that my pastor would send my way because of my uh, experience in recovery and say, hey, talk to these people. And mm-hmm. I would talk to them and they would like put up these fronts, you know, and they would want to be one way in church and be one way outside of church. And I said, listen, that's between you and God. That's between you and God, you know. Um, just be real with me. I'll be real with you. But you're... Your struggles, that's between you and God. It's not between you and me. Right. You know, and I'll love you through them. I'll stay with you. I'm going to be your friend. I'll walk with you. If you want some advice, I'll give you advice. Uh, I can show you what I did and what I didn't do, you know, the things that I did that didn't work. Um, (laughs) But let's just fellowship together. Yeah, I think we set up, we set ourselves up for disappointment when we expect imperfect people to be perfect. Oh, absolutely. And we... Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated, even within the church world of, you know, man, I, I'm i frustrated at, at Pastor so-and-so because, you know, they, they, they let me down here. You know, mm-hmm. I, I told you about a story I just had recently working with somebody in ministry, and, you know, they, we ended up having to, to cut our relationship because of, you know, some hurtful things that, that he had said. And it was, it's just really tough when we expect imperfect people to be perfect. And so I love your advice. It is so sound. (laughs) Follow God. Don't follow people who are close to God because people will still sin. People will still fail. Mm -hmm. Humans will always fall short. 
Always. But as long as we fix our eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. the author and perfecter of our faith, right? You know, he he's trying to work on us. Right. And sometimes we be, become so concerned with other people that we forget the sin that's inside of us. Right. And you know, I was actually just reading a book about being a worship pastor, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And the book said the only qualification you need to worship is to need God. Mm-hmm. And so likely he will always, God will put you in a position where you need him mm-hmm. so that you can grow close to him. And that that, always, that can sometimes mean, you know, bad circumstances, whatever it may be. I can name you so many instances, mm-hmm. um, you know, b- bad relationships in my life that have led me to my knees to mm-hmm. say, God, I need you right now. I need you. And that has allowed us to grow closer. Now, that circumstance was awful. Mm-hmm. Those broken relationships were awful situations. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything more painful than a broken relationship. I, I've, I've gone through some major physical pain in my life. Um, I, Due to my addictions, I've gone through a lot of um, different type of pain, uh, spiritual and emotional pain. But... But broken relationships hurt the most, mm-hmm. um, especially when you've invested a, a, a life into that. You know, the, the the divorce I went through back in 2011 was you know a 20 year marriage coming to an end. Um, that was one of the most painful things I've ever gone through. But mm-hmm. also through that was relationships that I'd had with the church that that we went together as as a couple and and. I lost relationships due to that, you know, leaving that fellowship, and those were painful. Um, and and I don't I don't think anything compares to that pain. And uh, I believe God, you know, He respects and embraces brokenness. Um, he understands brokenness. I mean, I don't think there was any greater pain than, than what Christ went through on the cross. I mean, that's the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So I've realized that he understands that. And so when it, when it says in the Bible that he is our comforter, I believe that. And he has comforted me through those things. Um, but I do believe that, that, that we too often spend too much time focusing on what people are doing wrong or right mm. and not what God wants to do with our heart. And so you asked me a while ago, what would be my advice? My advice is keep your focus on him. Fellowship is important. Uh, a good, uh, I, I struggle sometimes saying, well, this is my church. Where do you go to church? You know, <laughs> it's all the church. I, I think I should be able to walk into any fellowship in the world that, that, that says that they're Christian and, and feel like I'm at home. Absolutely. And I'm disappointed when I see people say, well, my church is better than your church. You know, to me that means you're focusing on the people and not what God's doing. And, and here at mm. Fergin Creek, I have felt that the leadership is really focused on what's God want to do with this fellowship of people. This is just one gathering of God's collective church. And, and I mm. felt that from the leadership here is that they're really focused on what does God want to do with these people, 
not that these people are better than the church that's, you know, six blocks down. I never hear that here. You know, yeah. we're better than this fellowship, we're better than that fellowship. It's just what what is God doing <clears throat> with us, and and how can we spread that? Yeah, and I I have to confess to you that was a hard lesson for me to learn, because I had come from a different church, and entering into this culture, I thought maybe it was my responsibility to bring a little bit of that other church here. Where quickly I was like, oh wait, now this, these these local Fern Creek people need something completely different than mm-hmm. my church in Lexington mm-hmm. needed, and so I think you're exactly right. You know, we that is something I love about Fern Creek is we look to the needs of our local community. You know, we're not mm-hmm. trying to be trying to save the whole world. Mm-hmm. We're we're doing what we can. Mm-hmm. The way God has equipped us, the place God has put us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times we, you know, if we get a chance to speak to the whole world, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's unrealistic. You know, what can we do right here, right mm-hmm. now? And, you know, that's that's a good lesson for us as individuals, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to save our whole workplace by next week. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and I like what... what how Craig was talking about that this week about, you know, we're not in this to win it. Mm. You know, we're, we're in this to, to be of service and to share our faith. And yeah. I formally believe that God will set the stage, you know, and the stage may be, you know, here at Fern Creek for, for three services a week, or he may say at some point, you know what, I need you to, broaden your stage and he'll do that he'll build the stage mm-hmm. um, I firmly believe that so I'm just I'm just willing to be open and and focused on him um, and it, it's hard though it, that's it, it sounds easy but it's not it's simple but it's it's not easy yeah um, because I do get up in my own head you know especially <laughs> when I'm standing up there on the stage playing a piece of music that I that I feel like I'm unqualified to play, and yeah. and you're you're up there well in a way and singing and, and <laughs> sounding good, and I'm over here going, okay, what chord are we on? <laughs> you know, so um, so it it is hard to, to to not put that selfishness into it. Yep. But I just want to stay broken. Stay broken. Well, this this has been awesome, and I just want to say I'm. I'm very thankful to have someone <clears throat> as open and honest, but not just that, but someone who is as as deep and intentional as you are on on our team. And you know, you're valued more than just being an electric guitar player. You know, you you are not uh, a follower of Jesus just because you're good at electric, but because you are. You're Joseph, and you're awesome, and um, so thankful you're a part of our church, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. And thanks for joining yeah. Meat Fern Creek. Yeah. I'm. Uh, this this was a great episode. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm appreciative of that. And church, I always got to end it like this: grace, peace. peace. We'll see you see Sunday. You. So see you next. <laughs> Not next week. See you Sunday. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to our show, Meat Fern Creek. 
want to encourage you to download our Fern Creek Christian Church app today, available on the App Store and on Google Play. You can worship with us this Sunday at 845, 10, or 1115. See you there.